what it means to be authentic. You know, everybody talks about that nowadays. It seems to be the buzzword. How would you define that and why is it so important? Authenticity is being the way we are and allowing other people to be the way we are. And I don't know, imagine I took you to a company uh, and I'm showing you around and I say, okay, in this room here, uh, you know, we have our innovation department. And you log in and everybody's wearing blue shirts and a tie. You'd think, what kind of innovation <laughs> department is this? Welcome to the Hands-On Business Podcast. Where else are you going to come to get tips, tricks and advice on growing your business? As you know, what people tend to love about this podcast is that it is a place where you can hear real business leaders discussing systems, methodologies and strategies that they have used to help them catapult growth in their business. So I'm your podcast host, Hakeem Adebiyi, and I've grown several small businesses to multi-million pound enterprises and noticed that there wasn't really a place that focused on where I was, i.e. growing a small business. All of the content that seemed to be out there was about big business and often just a lot of theory and no practical implementable advice, which is exactly why I set up this podcast. So take a listen, enjoy and start implementing the strategies that you hear on the podcast. Happy listening. If you've been listening to me for any period of time, then you'll know that I like to talk about leadership. And I've had quite a few people on to discuss this topic, but every single one of my guests have mentioned about the importance of authenticity in leadership. So I decided that maybe it's time to do a whole episode around what that actually means. So here we are. Today, I want to talk about authentic leadership and how that will help you grow your business. So I invited Mark Meyer onto the show, who is a psychotherapist. He's a business consultant, and he's also author of the Amazon best-selling book, The Art of Being Authentic. So welcome, Mark. Very, very pleased that you could join me uh, today. So we're going to get... Thank you very much. And we've been talking off camera, so um, (laughs) some of these may may seem a bit duplicated because I've been, you know, uh, just engaging and getting a bit more information. But if you were to try and define what it means to be authentic, you know, everybody talks about that nowadays. It seems to be the buzzword. How would you define that and why is it so important? Well, that's a that's a two-part question, of course. And if if, uh, if we take the first part, you know, what does it mean to be authentic? I think there's, a, there's an interesting thing about the word authentic, and that's the way we use it, because we use it in a lot of different ways. So uh, we might say that if you see the Mona Lisa, it's an authentic Leonardo da Vinci painting. So by that, you mean that authentic means that it's original, it's unique. Uh, But on the other hand, Akeem, if I asked you to describe an authentic Italian gangster, what would he look like? Well, maybe you'd say, well, you know, he has a suit and tie and uh, he has his hair back and a a big cigar. Uh, And why would you describe him like that? Well, basically because he looks like all the rest of them, right? So all of a sudden we're using authentic to describe a copy. So it's both an original, but it's also a copy. So I think that the way we use it can make it a little bit confusing for us because it doesn't do the word authentic very much justice when we try to use it to describe copies or stereotypes that live up to certain criteria. Uh, That's also something we'll get into that can be a risk when it comes to leadership because we'll look to other leaders and try to sort of emulate them a little bit too much because the, the essence of being authentic is about being true to yourself. 
it's if we look at a word, uh, you know, auto uh, meaning self, and handus is the doer, the being. It's it's be yourself. But if I mean, really looking at the word, it's about being true to your values. It's about being true to your wants, to your needs, and and being who you are. And it, it, it seems like an almost a silly question, but why is that so important in a leadership per, uh, position or try to grow your business? Because uh, just when you define it there, you've got the original, which it couldn't be authentic, but also copying other people in certain circumstances can also mean authenticity. So what I'm assuming, based on what you said, the original bit, which is a, uh, which I think is what we're going to talk about in terms of authentic leadership, i.e. being true to yourself. And as, as, a, as a friend of mine always says that their mother used to say when they were younger, be yourself because everyone else is taken. That's about authenticity. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, 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 so why is that so important? And why is it such a buzzword now when it wasn't necessarily so much in the past? Well, I, I think the reason why uh, it wasn't in the past is basically because of the way it was presented. Like you say, okay, just be yourself, right? Like that, that advice you get from from a friend or uh, or a parent, right? And the problem with that is, is I think it's a just, right? It sounds like we should go on autopilot and, and maybe not really do, make any effort. I mean, it, it can sound like that. And then, you know, then I'm not going to be myself. I want to make an effort, you know, then that becomes the, the opposition to it, right? Um, it's important for us both as individuals uh, in life, of course, because the more authentic we are, the happier we're going to be. Uh, and that's important. That's also, But that's also important when you're a leader because that reflects on uh, the people around you. They can see when, when you feel good about yourself. But when you're being authentic, one of the key components uh, or one of the key effects of being authentic is that people trust you more. And trust is very important in leadership. And, and why is that important? Well, it's important because when we have trust, then we can build relationships. And leadership, in essence, is a lot about relationships. So, so that's important. You could also say that being authentic also requires that you know yourself. If you know yourself, you're going to make better decisions. You're going to make better decisions and also in complex situations because you know who you are, you know what's important for you, and when there's no straight answer, you have that to guide you. So better relationships and better decisions. And those are two key components in leadership and in business, and especially if you want to grow your business. Yeah, no, I like that. But especially about the knowing yourself, um, because it's, it's, it's impossible to be authentic if you don't actually know yourself because you don't know what authenticity is for you uh, without know, knowing yourself. So, so just a bit about yourself then, because... Obviously, you've worked in lots of corporate positions. You've you slightly pivoted, and you now talk very much about a purposeful life rather than a goal-driven one, which is about again authenticity. Because if you don't know yourself, and you're not, uh, you know, it's, it's difficult to, to to have a purpose or or to have the right authentic purpose for yourself rather than just a list of goals. So, can you just explain, you know, how you define the difference between a purposeful life and a goal-driven one? Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, purpose and goals are two different things, right? Uh, we live in a, we live in a world that's traditionally, uh, you know, it, it favors goals, it favors goal settings, but there's an important part of goals, which is purpose, because if you don't have a purpose with a goal, then it, it doesn't make any sense. Goals in themselves are meaningless. Uh, we often think that something will happen 
once we reach a goal. And when we reach a goal, then something will materialize. Uh, but that will only materialize the things we want to materialize if there is a purpose. Purpose comes before. This is the reason why I'm doing these things. And that's also why, you know, it, it makes no sense to start a company and say, what, what should companies, what's it going to do? Well, it's going to make money. If You know, well, that'll be a ridiculous goal, right? You, you need to narrow it down a little more, right? And, and the more you narrow down your goal, well, hopefully, if you narrow it down to what your purpose is, then it's going to be a lot better once you actually reach those goals because it will then materialize your purpose. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it certainly does. It's, it's almost like the, let's say, for example, your goal is making money. That's almost mm -hmm. a byproduct of the purpose, isn't it? If you, if you have a purpose, and we were talking about it, if it's purpose and you're doing something you enjoy, something that you're focused on, something that's going to bring you happiness, joy, whatever it is, then the money is a secondary thing, but it might, it may still be one of your goals. Uh, is, mm -hmm. is that kind of what you, a decent way to define yeah. it all? I think this is a very decent way to define it. I think you can also you can also define it other way in another way. You could also say that yeah, okay, there because a lot of people will say that well, you know, authentic leadership. What can it get me on the bottom line, right? Or <laughs> what kind of money am I am I, am I gonna make? But, yeah. but you got to realize that 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 that's not a that's not a goal in itself without a purpose. It's much to you can compare it to if I I asked you, Hakeem, what's your purpose in life? Neil, but I, I want to live till I'm two hundred. You know, I want to survive. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and of, of course you want to do that because that's the prerequisite of you being here. You want to live. And of course a company needs to make money. That's, it's, uh, you know, otherwise it's going to uh, cease to exist. So uh, as such, you know, you need something more. You need a purpose. Yeah, no, uh, completely. And, and, and just on the point about driving your bottom line, because I know that people will be listening thinking, yeah, great, we're going to talk about authentic leadership. We're going to get really get an understanding of it. But guaranteed, some people will be thinking, yeah, but how is it going to drive my bottom line? So do you have any personal stories or examples of where somebody's almost, well, either they've, they've just already been an authentic leader and that's led to decent business growth, or they've changed from a goal-driven to a purposeful-driven uh, life, and that's driven um, their business? Yeah, I think there are a lot of examples. If if I had to use an example from my own life, uh, I think that uh, a good example is when authentic leadership was actually demonstrated to me, or one of the first times I noticed that. It was uh, uh, some years ago when I was a CEO of a tech company. Uh, I was also a, a shareholder in company, uh, and there were several others of the partners that were minority shareholders. And uh, there was uh, the majority shareholder, which was uh, which was another company, and the CEO of that company was also the chairman of the board uh, at at our tech company. So we're having this board meeting. He is representing the chairman of the board is representing the the, the majority shareholder, and we're disagreeing because you do that in boardrooms. You know, you disagree uh, with where should the company go, what should we do, what should we spend here, and we've had a long discussion. And we just could not come to an agreement. So at one point, I'm sort of like, okay, we're not getting anywhere. So, so I look at him and I say, listen, I mean, you hold the majority of the shares. Why don't you just tell us how you want it done? And then we'll do it. You know, I mean, he's the guy who, who makes the calls, right? He's the chairman of the board. And he looks at me and he goes, I don't want to do that. I want us to agree. And in the, in the moment, I thought, 
what's wrong with him? You know, just tell me what to do and we get on with it, right? So we sat down and we came after a lengthy discussion to an agreement because he said, listen, I don't want to tell people what to do. I want us to agree. So he brought his personal values to the table. This was his personal value. I don't want to tell other people what to do. I want us all to agree. But that turned out to be a huge gift for the company because the boardroom after that just worked really well. People respected each other, and we were in this together to find a solution together. Did that translate into a better profit? I'm sure it did. I can't prove it. I can't draw a line <laughs> from that meeting to the, to, to the results on the bottom line saying this was because of it and nothing else. But I'm sure it did. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It's, it's, uh, because you do get lots of people, and you know, we've all been in those situations where you think, well, you don't agree with me, just tell me. Since you're the boss, you tell me, and I'll w- work out how to factor that in. But I think, as you, you just defined there, you get a much more coherent group of people when people are coming to an agreement. It doesn't mean that you agree 100% on everything, but you come to an agreement that this is the best way. And I think the one person, um, one of the people I work with, best defined it by saying, "Not I'm very agnostic about the actually where the ideas come from. It's just about getting to the right place rather than me saying, "Well, I'm your boss, so we're going to do it my way." Well, no, we want to do that. We want to do it right. Uh, wherever that idea comes from, to get to an agreement is the best way to do it. So I think that's a really, really good example. So, so just on that. Mm-hmm. Because you described it as um, basically him bringing his personal values uh, to the table, which I think is really important. So, so what would you describe be, are the key qualities of an authentic leader? Then, if you were trying to define what an authentic leader looks like, almost like a tick box, this should have this yeah. value, this value, that quality. Yes, yes, it, and, and it's a tricky thing to, to describe, right? Because you know, authenticity is, of course, unique and it's different from everyone for everyone. I think definitely the fact that you as a leader bring your personal values to the table. And he, because he did that in that moment, he brought his personal values to the table and that made it significant. You could hear his intention behind it. You know, if this was something he picked up from a management book and he didn't really believe in, you know, we maybe were done one or two rounds more and then, okay, we agree to disagree or, or something else, right? So, so, yeah. so bringing your personal values is definitely something that describes an authentic leader. What also describes an authentic leader, I think, is also that you disregard your ego a bit, right? Because your ego would grab onto this. Just tell me what to do. Your ego will say, that's fine, Akeem. I'm going to tell you what to do, and I'm going to feel <laughs> yeah. like a big man, right? So, yeah. so, so this putting, put, uh, putting aside your ego, and, and basically you're embracing a bit of empathy, right? Because you're, you say to the other people in this, he's he sort of like, between the lines, he said, okay, I understand you guys. I understand where you're coming from but we need to find the solution, right? So he, he had the self-esteem to, to sort of stick to his uh, personal belief. So, so definitely you need, you need uh, empathy. But you also need self-awareness uh, because when you sit in a situation like that, you need to know yourself. You need to know what's going to come from this, what's going to happen when I walk out the door. He, he, I think he knew if I walk out the door, not, us not agreeing and me, just telling them what to do, I would have compromised something in myself. And that would have had a consequence for him. What exactly that consequence would have been, 
I don't know. Only he knows. But, but self-awareness is is also a a, a key component. Excellent. And um, so what I've written down is personal values, disregard your ego, empathy, and self-awareness, which I think um, if people have those key facets, uh, they're going to be a, a much better leader than um, than they would otherwise be. And then, because you've talked about empathy, and is empathy or is there, is there a connection between empathy and emotional intelligence? Um, how, how, how would you see those two things um, come together? Because emotional intelligence used to be a very, very topical word. It seems to have died down a bit now, but uh, it's still very, very important. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there is a... Um... There's a connection between empathy and, and, and emotional intelligence. You know, empathy is uh, is you know your ability to to sort of understand other people, understand their emotions, right? And that's that's crucial in in, in leadership because basically it is when when you understand people that that people will follow you and, and we see that when we when we look at, if you look in society what well, you'll see uh, all of a sudden you'll see some politician uh from some sort of extreme wing right or left i don't care they'll they'll pop up they'll have some they'll have some extreme ideas and and, and you'll think wow who'll ever go for that and uh then you get surprised and you see okay there's a lot of people that go for that and then you think wow do they do they really buy into all these crazy solutions she has and they don't they don't buy into the solutions. They buy into. They felt. They feel understood. They feel that these politicians understand. So they actually don't care about the solutions, whether it's building walls or, you know, rearranging the economy or whatever it is. It's just the fact that they feel understood. And when they do that, they become extremely loyal. You'll see it in therapy. Yeah, you'll see with a therapist. If a therapist understands his client, well, then only then is the client ready to sort of uh, accept whatever plan the therapist has laid out for a, a better uh, well-being, right? So, so, so uh, understanding people is, is crucial and you need empathy for that. And, and, and just, on, just on that, it's a very interesting, because as you, as you started talking about some of the political leaders, people, <laughs> certain people, especially when you mentioned Build a Wall, are, are popping into my mind. So mm-hmm. if there, what's the difference then between emotional intelligence and uh, potentially manipulation because uh, when I'm looking at those emotional leaders, sometimes you think there's a fine line between that those two things. Yeah, there is, and uh, it actually goes to authenticity uh, quite a lot. Uh, I write uh, I, I write about it in my book also because it has to do on a personal level. It has a lot to do with uh, ego versus self esteem, and if you are a very ego driven person. Uh, you're searching for external validation all the time. Well, that is um, always because you have a low self-esteem. And this ego-driven, I want to accomplish something that'll prove that I am okay, uh, combined with this low self-esteem, is in essence inauthentic. In order for us to be authentic, we need to have a high self-esteem and a low sense of ego. You see that in great politicians and civil rights leaders, uh, you know, be it Nelson Mandela or Martin Luther King. You need this uh, self-esteem. And the reason why this ties into being authentic is because being authentic, being yourself, comes at a cost. You know, uh, when that chairman of the board said, no, I want us all to agree, 
we could have all looked at him and said, what's wrong with you? You know, we can't spend time on this. Got up and left the boardroom if that was what we wanted to do, right? So it comes at a risk of not fitting in. And the risk of not fitting in, well, if you don't have the self-esteem to take that plunge, to say, I'm going to be authentic, I'm going to be me, then you're not going to do it. And we sometimes mistake ego for authenticity. So it sounds like this person doesn't care about what anybody does. You know, he's just, uh, you know, he wants to build walls. He wants to do this and that. But it's not authenticity. It's ego searching for external validation. And, and, and just just continuing on the, 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 mm-hmm. the, the like government uh, vein, because obviously government, I suppose, when you're looking at leadership examples, they're kind of at the head of the, of the pe- pecking order in terms of their position because they're running countries. So what, can you think from an authenticity point of view, the reason why, if you look around, but certainly the Western world at the moment, um, <laughs> the leaders, there seems to be a massive rift between uh, the leaders and the general population. Uh, w- do you see that yourself? And if you do, how, how do you think that's linked to authenticity or lack of it? Yeah, I think that it is linked to lack of authenticity because if empathy is a requirement to be authentic, well, you know, uh, empathy is about embracing. It's it's about understanding. It's not only about you being you. It's also about allowing other people to be who they are, you know, and it happens, uh, you know, uh, we can have an authentic conversation, you and I, together it happens you know uh, it doesn't happen alone I, it's very hard for me to be if i'm alone in this room you know it's hard to define whether or not i'm being authentic right it happens when i'm in, interacting with other people and, and definitely the lack of authenticity uh the, the more ego we have well that will create division it'll create division from you know from who's running the country to to the citizens of that country It'll create, uh, you know, the same in a company who's leading the company and the people working there, and it'll do the same in our personal relationships. And and I suppose the next question that leads on from that is that because you obviously see lots of um, as you've defined it just there, I suppose inauthentic leaders in positions of power, not just in the government, uh, which is what we were talking about ostensibly there, but also in businesses. Um, that do well to an extent. So if, if, if you are a leader that's doing well, I mean, I have this conversation with my children all the time whereby, you know, in the past you'd have said to your child, oh, you shouldn't lie because you won't get very far. And then they look at some of our leaders and think, well, they lie all the time and they're doing very well for themselves. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, it's, a, it's a difficult um, uh, argument to have these days. But so I suppose the, the question I want, <laughs> I want to know is, so if you're doing well, what's your motivation to become an authentic leader if you're ego-driven and you're still moving up, whether that's a career ladder or a political ladder? What, what's the motivation to actually say, well, actually, I need to uh, be more authentic and actually be an authentic leader rather than doing what I'm currently doing? Yeah, that, that is a really, really good question because what is the motivation for that? I think that... Ultimately, if you ask me, I'll say whatever you're chasing in life, uh, business or personal, if you're not being authentic about it, you're not going to get those. You're not going to get what, what you want, what you really want, this outcome that you expect. You need the self-awareness 
that comes along with authenticity to get where you want to really be in life. Otherwise, you end up uh, chasing goals that will not give you any, uh, you know, uh, of what you really want. So, you know, that that's one that's one reason for uh, for doing it. But I think also at the end of the day, and this is where authentic leadership for some people can be a little tricky. But that is, if you say I'm going to do authentic leadership because that then I'm going to make uh, a lot more money, then it kind of becomes inauthentic. <laughs> you know, because and, and that's the tricky part because you got to do it because it's the right thing to do. You have to do it because this is what you believe is the right thing to do. Because if you do it with another intention, then it becomes in, inauthentic. That's one of the m- most important things with authenticity and what we evaluate other people on. And when it comes to authenticity, that's the intention behind it. If I find out that you said I'm doing this because this is this, and then I later find out your intention was something completely. Uh, different, I'll immediately label it as inauthentic. Well, that was very inauthentic. I, this, he had a completely different intention with that. And that's the same we, we have as uh, human beings and in business as well when we are leaders. So we have to do it because it's the right thing. Because doing it for any other reason is going to be inauthentic. And, and, and is inauthentic leadership sustainable? Uh, I'm trying to get off the political angle, but yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, 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 so carry on. Yeah, 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 no, 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 it's not sustainable because inauthentic is basically is basically faking it. And once you're faking it, it usually has a shelf life, right? It'll it'll run out. Authenticity has sustainability, and authenticity, in the same way as I described with the board meeting, I, I think for a lot of companies, it can do something for them. It can build something for them. I'm thinking of an example right now, which is, it's it's going to be a simplified example. For this, uh, for this conversation, I'm thinking of Apple. I'm thinking of Stephen Jobs, and, yeah. and and there are plenty of, of factors. But but one thing that 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 Steve Jobs did, uh, he didn't like uh, the, his computer. The ventilator was making too much noise, right? So he made a uh, a computer that was completely silent. In itself, not a revenue generating uh, thing to do, right? Then he didn't. He he thought the fonts should be prettier. So he he would make the fonts in the in the in, in the, the word program he would make the fonts very nice. In itself, again, not very revenue generating. It was his personal beliefs that he brought through, but in itself, they were not revenue generating. But the sum of all those things, the sum of all those things, became a very very good product. In many ways, a superior product to a lot of the you know compared to a lot of its competitors. So you know. It did bring revenue. It did bring growth. Yeah, because I suppose, because, yeah, when I look at Apple, uh, and obviously some people like Steve Jobs, some people don't like him, some people who work with him didn't like him, but I think they'd all accept that he was authentic. And he, 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 it seemed to me, when I used to listen to him, that his purpose was to make technology better, to make technology yeah. better, make it more intuitive, make it more fun, uh, which is why, you know, the, the Apple still can charge significantly more for pretty much the same product because and i think what you said is really important there because a lot of the products that he brought to bear were not revolutionary products they were products that other people had made or other people have tried to launch and he just made them better more intuitive more customer focused and that revolutionized the tech space to be honest um so i so i think that that's it's really important to actually think of those things because i mean when we we were talking about the purpose for being 
authentic. What was running through my mind was, again, going back to the purpose versus the goals, that when you're authentic, you're being driven by a purpose. If you're being driven by your real purpose, then all of a sudden, you know, health, mental health, happiness, um, are all wrapped up into that authenticity because it's actually what's at the core of your soul that you're actually really externalizing and working on that. And um, the, the person that jumped into my mind, I have no idea why, uh, was Keanu Reeves. Now, I don't know him personally, but everything you read about him, it tends to be that about positive interactions and relationships that he's had and things he's doing for people who are strangers. And you never tend to hear um, issues about he's had an argument with this person, this is a problem, that's a problem. And it just really seems that he's living uh, his life uh, 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 along moral values, his own moral and personal values, and that seems to be driving quite a lot of happiness into his life and the people around him. Whereas when you compare that to some other people, who as you were describing <laughs> as ego driven, even when they get to that, that that the halcyon heights, they never seem to be happy. They, they always seem to be either being horrible to somebody or doing something nasty or not being pleasant. And it, it seems to me that the and I don't know whether this is true, but authentic authenticity and authentic leadership leads to generally more pleasant interactions with people than inauthentic leadership. I don't know whether that's, there's any data on that or whether that's something that you see, but that's certainly my observations. I, I think your observations are uh, absolutely correct, Akeem. I mean, uh, when we are being authentic, uh, when we are showing empathy and we are allowing people to be their authentic self, well, then, as we talked about before, it's going to be sustainable. You know, people are mm -hmm. going to be happier. And when they are happier and they know that they matter and they know they can be themselves, they're going to come up with good ideas as well. You know, they're going to, you know, you're not the, as a leader, you don't have to bring everything to the table. You know, an authentic leader doesn't have to, that doesn't say, I got everything figured out. Here's how we're going to do it. No, an authentic leader says, okay, here's a challenge. We need to solve it together, right? And I think that, yeah, I, th I think that just leads, as, as you mentioned earlier, better, to better relationships, better decision making, better, therefore, better outcomes. So, so in terms of, I mean, you've been talking about authentic leadership, you've written a book on authenticity. What would you say are the common misconceptions about authenticity and authentic leadership, which may lead to people thinking, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to do what I was doing anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's a very good question. I, I think two things. First of all, um, that people say, okay, think this is just a soft skill. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna get you anywhere, right? Uh, it, it, it's gonna get you a, a long way. Um, whether you, you're a one man company or you're a thousand people, it, it's gonna do something, uh, for you. So, so that's definitely a, a misconception. I also think it's a misconception, and, and this becomes more relevant uh, uh, now, uh, is uh, it's not a nice to have. I think it becomes more and more need to have. And mm -hmm. I think we have to look at how we're working, right? I mean, if we're going to, I don't want to turn this into a history lesson, but if, if we look way back, maybe our parents' generation or, or their parents, right? People had jobs because they wanted to survive. You know, that's why you had a job. You wanted to survive. And it didn't matter if it was a coal mine, it was bad for you, and, and your boss was a, was a real jerk. You know, you had that job because you wanted to survive. Um, that changed uh, for 
may, maybe our parents' generations, but but definitely for us is which okay. Well, we start working because we want better living standards, right? Uh, we we want to be able to travel. We want to be able to have a nice house uh, and, and all of these things. The generation we have now that are coming out there now, they're not working to survive. They don't need that. You know, I don't, you know, certainly not in the Western world and anywhere in the world. If you're from the middle class, not you don't have, you don't work to survive. But you actually don't work either just to improve your living situation, right? Because uh, you you want to try to uh, you know uh, live in a nice house. Well, you know they're gonna get their friends together. They're gonna Airbnb a villa in Portugal. They're gonna work remotely. Uh, it's you know they want access to the TV channels that you know when I was a kid. I remember there was one dad down the street that had a satellite dish, and, and we would all run, you know, to see that TV <laughs> program. Right? Uh, doesn't matter. They'll they'll buy a Netflix uh, subscription or they'll borrow a login. Right? So right now yeah. they don't want to work to improve their living standards. They want to work to to survive. They want to work because they want to make an impact. They want to make a difference. And for that, we definitely need a purpose. So authentic leadership becomes really relevant. Uh, now and, and more relevant than it's, than it's ever been. Yeah, no, I think we definitely do have a different generation of people that, you know, as you said, our parents' generation, they worked uh, to, to, to live basically um, and there was jobs for life and all sorts of things and people would stay in a job for 30, 40 years. That, those days have, have long gone. Uh, and I think, you know, as we discussed, mental health, happiness uh, and achievement and purpose are significantly more driving factors, I think, to the younger, the younger generation than they were at any other time in, in human history, from what I can, I can gather. Um, and so, so if you are an authentic leader, um, because, because very much you are putting yourself out there, uh, because it, this is my purpose, this is my personal values, is, is it not more, um, I don't know how to describe it, it's, are you not more concerned or are people not more concerned about criticism? Because the criticism then becomes more about, it's not a criticism of just an action. It's a criticism of your own, it's about a criticism of your core, isn't it? Your your core beliefs and your personal values. Well, there's definitely one way to view it. I mean, I, I it is definitely more scary because you're, which is you're exposing your vulnerability. And that's also maybe a little bit of a component of being an authentic leader is, it involves showing vulnerability. You know, you don't have to have all the answers. But I think that if you have the self-esteem to be an authentic leader, you will also want criticism. This is not your ego mm. that's driving you anymore. You will welcome that criticism because if somebody walks into your office and says, what the hell did you do, you know, uh, then, well, that person had that experience. You know, I can agree with it, I can disagree with it, but they had it and it's valuable feedback for me because there's someone in my company that's not engaged, that's not happy. And I need to know that as a leader so that I can improve, so that I can get better, you know. And they will respect me more for it when I, when I try to solve this and say, okay, I might even admit my mistake. I might even say, okay, okay, I should have done that differently. I've learned a valuable lesson. I'm very thankful that you contributed with this feedback. That, that'll do something for you rather than just reacting from your ego and, you know, firing the person or disciplining, uh, doing whatever you think is your ego sort of demands of you to do. So I think as an authentic leader, we really got to embrace criticism because it, it it's valuable feedback for how the world perceives us and, and how we can ultimately know ourselves and become more authentic. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, certainly on, I think one, on, as I, I, done a few podcasts on leadership and one of the things that I remember someone was telling me was that the day they view it which is exactly as you just presented it was that feedback is a gift actually uh for the recipient because you should hopefully be able to grow and change if required uh that actually makes you a better person and makes you actually even better able to fulfill the purpose that you should be now and I think and and, and I put it in that position in that in that way purposefully because um some people who aren't demonstrating authentic leadership would think that feedback is a criticism and they always think it's a criticism and they can't they can't take it um whereas i think that those authentic leaders as you described and i really like that um separation uh, that you you described of ego versus self-esteem because if you've got a massive ego then anyone saying that what you've said is not quite right or it made me feel like this, then <laughs> um, you're not giving them the external validation, are you? So they think, right, I don't want you to say that again and I'm going to show you who's boss as opposed to someone with high self-esteem is strong enough to take it, understand it, internalise it and do something positive with it. Exactly. I, th I think you described that very well, Hakeem, and especially this thing with if the ego is, is, is so uh, so predominant, right? And there's no self-esteem. You know, you, your ego demands you to do something of it because as soon as that employ, uh, employee takes away your ego, if he breaks that down, what's left but the low self-esteem? You know, and then there's no ego and no self-esteem. That's a terrible position to be in. And I think we need to be able to embrace it also in business because a lot of business is about changing and innovating and becoming better, right? Uh, and I know that's something that's also that, that, that you talk a lot about, right? And, and if we need to, to, to innovate, we need to be able to take feedback because otherwise we're never going to get better. We're never going to change uh, as, as individuals or, or the product that we have. But it also goes to authenticity in another way because authenticity is being the way we are and allowing other people to be the way we are. And I don't know, imagine I took you to a company uh, and I'm showing you around and I say, okay, in this room here, uh, you know, we have our innovation department and you log in and everybody's wearing blue shirts and a tie. You'd think, what kind of innovation <laughs> department is this? You know, <laughs> I can't tell one apart from the other. Uh, and that's because, you know, they're imitating. They're all looking the same. You know, that would never happen, right? You know, if you're doing innovation, you can't imitate because that's the exact opposite. And you also need to be, allow people to be themselves. And that's why when you look at the innovation departments, they look different from all the rest and they look different from each other, right? Because it's them being their authentic self that allows innovation to come. And, and how would you, if you're in a business, because again, we said at the outset, lots of people understand that authentic leadership is something that we should strive for. Hopefully, listen to this podcast. They'll 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 realize why and, and the benefits. But if you're in a position where actually you can identify that yes, it is something that I should be doing. I'm not currently doing it. How do you make that transition um, from? And it might not be completely inauthentic because there's obviously shades. But how do you get from the position where you are now to getting you and your organization to be? in that position where you, you've got authentic leaders. And I think as you just described it there, you know, not just an authentic leader is about being the way I am, but also 
letting other people be the way they are. And that maybe that second bit is the most difficult bit when you're in an organization. Yeah, definitely. Because you have to let go of a little bit of that control, that, that ego-dominated mm-hmm. control that you're used to having. And you, you have to trust that the people that you're with and that you're working with are actually able to, uh, to, to bring something new forward, something better forward by letting go of this control. So that is a, uh, the first step is to say, okay, I, you know, uh, I'm going to go a little bit out on a limb here. You know, if, if, if we're looking at practical advice, you know, of course you can, you can read books and, 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 and you know, uh, and, and start, you know, self-investigation. You know, there's a lot of th- things you can do to try to understand yourself and understand your, uh, your purpose. But, but you ultimately, you have to start by letting go of your control a little bit. But that is how we grow. Every growth that happens within us stems from some sort of losing control just for a little bit. And, and so if, if you are, I mean, and I know you do, if, if you, when you go into a business and you're looking at how to make that organization more authentic, what, what are the first steps or the, the key things that you do to sort of like move them through? and actually improve their, their performance slash leadership? Well, the first thing I do is, uh, is I listen. I do a lot of listening, right? Because I, I need to understand uh, what's going on in the individuals that are, that are there. And then, then we have to look at, is there something here? Is there something structural here that actually does not promote authenticity, right? You know, uh, there can be something structural we'll have to look at. But, but I don't know. I, the, the first thing I will need to know is I'll, I'll, I'll need to listen. And, I'll, and of course, you also have to show, hopefully the, when you listen, people start to show a little bit of vulnerability. And if we have that trust and that vulnerability, but then we have a starting point for working towards authenticity. If people do not want comfortable showing vulnerability, if they are not comfortable trying to, you know, just put the ego aside for a little bit, then it becomes very, a lot more difficult to work with. So as a consultant, for me, it's, it's very important to try and understand the people that, that I'm working with here in, in the situation because, uh, you know, everybody is authentic in their own unique way. Excellent. And, and you talked about, you know, some of the steps were, you know, self-reflection, reading books. So, so just on that note, and obviously you've got your own book, uh, mm-hmm. and we'll put the link um, and the link to all of Mark's uh, resources uh, in the podcast description. But can you recommend any other books, including your own, uh, or resources for someone who does want to learn more about authentic leadership and wants to move on? Yeah, I, I think there's some good books out there. There's uh, definitely uh, one that I'm very fond of is Brene Brown, if you know Brene Brown. Uh, she, yeah. she, she wrote a book called Dare to, Dare to Lead. It's a really good book. Uh, True North by, I think his name is Bill George is also a a good book um of course one can also read the art of being authentic which is uh the book i wrote uh it's not so much a business book but but the interesting thing about this is authenticity you know it's not something you can separate you know sometimes we talk about uh you know we have a business a professional life and a personal life but in essence everything is personal we might have a private life and we might have a (laughs) professional life but everything is personal so, you know, when we bring our personal values and we, if we hold, try to cultivate a skill like empathy, it's impossible to only cultivate empathy in a business setting. You know, when you start cultivating it, you know, uh, you're going to show more empathy at home as well, you know, and, and maybe you even want to start cultivating it at home and then bring it to the workplace. 
So, so you know, the, the separation, you, you can't separate it as a professional and personal life. No, we can separate it into a, a business context and a private context, but it's all personal. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that people often think that they can check their personality at the door, um, either at home or when they go into the office. And I think that way lies madness because you're one person. Um, and I think if you just identified there, if, you, if you're trying to do the two things, I think, I think it causes problems, it causes rift. And either at home or at work, uh, somebody's going to notice that you're not being authentic. And, and I think it, it doesn't really help you as an individual. It doesn't help you manage a team. Uh, because when you're spending so much time in a workplace, people will see whether or not I, you, you're being authentic or whether or not you're, you're creating a persona. And I remember I, I always used to give that advice to people when they're going for interviews. <laughs> and I don't, whether it's, I don't know whether it's good advice, but it seems to have stood people in good. So I used to say, well, if you pretend you're something you're not, then they may reject you. And had you been yourself, they may have accepted you. So if you're going to be rejected, you want to be rejected because you know that they don't like you. The, or your values, which then means that that company is not right for you, um, and you want to be going to you want to be getting a job based on you uh, and your personality, because then you know that the chances are you're more likely to fit into that organisation because you've been authentic and you've been honest to to people and yourself, which I think um, helps in an organisation and it helps recruiters as well. So you're not you're not recruiting someone and then finding oh you're completely similar to what the way you were in the interview um so yeah that that's what uh, one of my learnings over over the years of interviewing people that you know just be yourself um and it leads to, to much better outcomes yeah definitely definitely being authentic being yourself is is sustainable you know trying to pretend that you're somebody you're not trying to to fit in by being someone you're not is going to be extremely stressful uh for you in the in the long run if you're a leader uh your your staff is going to pick up on it they're they're not going to trust you they're not going to follow you uh as opposed to being yourself and fitting fitting in by being yourself well that allows you to be authentic and you know the people you work with will trust you they'll follow you and you'll you'll build sustainable relationships yeah i I think that that trust element is, is is the key isn't it i think that if when I speak to people in businesses, when they have an issue with a manager, often I would say probably ninety nine percent of the time it's that I don't trust the person, I don't trust them, I don't yeah. believe in them, um, which is which is exactly what you're talking about. That's that's based on lack of authenticity. They've not been able to build a relationship because you say one thing, you do something different. There's no congruence between your actions and your words and your and your activities. Yes, exactly. And actually, that makes me think of something which I think actually is, is probably an interesting thing to just uh, touch upon briefly about authenticity, and that is the intention that we bring to things. And that's where self-awareness becomes so important because, uh, you know, the intention we bring to things as a leader, the, the intention we have and the intention we have in our personal life, well, you know, that's going to affect the end result of what we do. I'll give an example, just a quick example from a, uh, you know, just for in, in your personal life. Let's, let's imagine that, that you and I decided um, to go out and, and feed, feed the homeless 
you know, uh, we're going to do this together. Well, okay, we do that. Uh, if you do it with an intention that you genuinely, genuinely want people to, to you know, uh, feel better, you want to help these people, right? You're going to come out of that feeling feeling stronger with a higher self-esteem. You're going to feel good about yourself. You're going to have a good emotional well-being. If I go out and do the exact thing, same thing, but my intention is I want everybody to see what I'm doing is the right thing. Well, all of a sudden, I'm telling myself I'm not good enough as I am. I need everybody else to validate me externally. Right? Yeah. So I'm doing the same thing, but I'm getting a completely different emotional response from the same kind of action. And that goes to being an authentic leader as well. And that's why you can't copy someone else's. You can't see, oh, that was Steve Jobs' purpose. I want that to be my purpose as well. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't because you have to have the right intention as an authentic leader, but also as an authentic person in order to get the benefits and in order to actually be authentic. Okay, thank you. So coming to the, towards the end, I've just got a couple of questions, which mm -hmm. are a couple of them random and then one to, to wrap up with. So mm -hmm. if you if there was a historical figure, I'm, only, I'm just interested, if there was a historical figure who's no longer alive that you could mm -hmm. go back in time and meet, who would it be and why? I would go back and meet Nelson Mandela. And I would go up back and meet him for the specific reason that he was incarcerated for so many years. It was such a big, it was such a struggle. And then afterwards, he comes out, he comes to power. He is the man in charge. He is, to use my example from earlier, the chairman of the board. He is the president. And then he goes, okay, we need everyone. We need to learn from this. We need to have a commission of truth. We're going to sit down and everybody that comes and tells what they've done, you know, we won't punish them because we need this to heal as a nation. That is an exceptional display of authenticity. And I, I would so much like to hear, you know, meet him and hear about that. Yeah, no, I think, I think Nelson Mandela is um, probably, when I ask that question, that's probably one of the most popular people. I think he's, it's, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? How authenticity, irrespective of your political views, where you live, causes people to gravitate towards you because the amount of people I've spoken from America, Denmark, where, you know, Holland, wherever they may be, lots of them will say Nelson Mandela and they're all completely different people and, it, and it's that authenticity that people gravitate towards. So if, if there's nothing else you took away from it <laughs> in terms of authentic leadership, you're going to get a lot of people actually interested in what you do and what you say precisely because you're authentic and you're not doing it from a point of ego, you're doing it from a point of actual self-esteem, uh, which is, yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting reflection, actually. And then the other thing, which I suppose is kindly linked, but if you were, if you were able to go back in time to your 20s, um, what's the one thing that you now know that you wish you knew then that you'd say, right, Mark, make sure you do X, Y, and Z, or don't do? Yeah. Um, I think I would... I would say to myself, if I went back or if I was my younger self, I would stop caring as much about fitting in and caring uh, much more about, as you said, with the job interview, about being myself. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's, I think everybody could take that. I, I tell my kids that all the time, actually, whether or not it gets through the 15 and 13. So hopefully they'll grow with that view in mind. So they start uh, from a good point. So, so no, I appreciate. 
uh, your time. And, and I suppose what, one last question would be, people watching this, guaranteed they'll get to this point. But if they've got to this point and they've not listened to anything else, they've been you know, watching TV at the same time, what's the, what's the one or two th- key takeaways you'd say about authentic leadership that you want to make sure that people take away from, from our time together? Well, I think the first thing is that being who you are, being authentic, it's not something you can run away from. It's a strength you have. And that strength you need to put in play. You need to put it in play in your private life, but you certainly need to put it in play in leadership and in your business. That You have to put into play your authenticity. So that is definitely uh, the first thing I would say. And the second thing I would say is... uh, it's going to take courage. It always takes courage to not fit in. But honestly, when you talk about your brand, if I told you, would you like a brand that uh, fitted in or stood out? You know, I think most of our listeners would say, I'd like a brand that stands out. Well, you can start by standing out as a leader yourself. Excellent. I think that's a perfect place on which to finish. Um, so yeah, no, I really appreciate your time. There's been some gems I've been writing furiously down, <laughs> down here. Uh, and as I said to you at the beginning, I, I learn, uh, probably more from these sessions than uh, my listeners do. So it's a, it's a bit self-indulgent, <laughs> but I love doing it. So Mark Mayer, thank you very much for joining me on the Hands On Business Podcast to talk about authentic leadership. Thank you. So thanks very much to Mark. Uh, for coming on to talk about authentic leadership. There's so many ways that you can look at leadership and I never get tired of talking about it. It's something I really love to discuss on the show. So many things to unpick there, but one of the things that stood out to me was when Mark was talking about the difference between purpose and goals and, you know, that purpose without goals doesn't really make any sense and, you know, that having a purpose is all about having a good self-esteem where you're not obsessed with your ego and that it's actually inauthentic leaguers are obsessed with their ego and looking for external validation. There's just loads and loads of stuff in there, but that I found that really, really illuminating. So go and find those books that uh, Mark mentioned and make sure you definitely check out his book, The Art of Being Authentic. And don't forget to check out the show notes at www.thesalesaccelerationformula.com. And as always... Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, colleagues, and anyone else who you think may be interested. But most of all, keep the feedback coming so that we can continue to improve and give you more of what you like. Hope you enjoyed this as much as I did, and as I always do. Um, Keep listening and keep growing.